Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Presented by Church Health, caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are you listening to? It's uh, New Year's Day by U2. Their 1983 album, War, a couple days late, but we'll start off the new year with it. So, uh, how did you manage? Were you here throughout the whole freeze, water exploding, boiling water uh, trial that the community endured? Yeah, mostly. Uh, we um, we went to my mother's for like a came overnight, like you know, thirty six hour kind of thing. But that was when it was mostly over at that point. Um, we were fortunate; it was not a big deal to us, really. I mean. We only we didn't lose power. We we, we we had power outage during that little rolling blackout thing one day, but it like happened before anybody woke up. Um, and then like we were on the boil water notice, but we never lost water, and so it, it was not it was not a big deal. Right. It does feel like, and I didn't read. I was out of town for most of it. I didn't read the pieces that were written about the state of the infrastructure, but it feels like there's a certain vulnerability. You know, we're not to the Jackson, Mississippi uh, stage yet, but it feels like, in many ways, maybe this is a a, a good a, a good wake up call for the fact that you know we have to invest money in water infrastructure. It's something that Fishman's been talking about for a long time. Like we built these water pipes a hundred years ago, and then we just assume when you turn on your water faucet, it, it water's going to come out. <laughs> water's going to come out in a way that like power all the time flickers. Right? We, we're used to. And that ultimately, that is you can't just assume that's true, and it does feel like we're I, again. I haven't read the pieces in it, but it feels like there's some awareness that we have to invest money in in preserving our water uh, infrastructure. Yes, I think that's right. I mean, you know, a year ago when we had problems, we had like real winter weather, like real unusual winter weather for Memphis a year ago. That right. was not the case this year. It was cold for two days. Like that was it. It was just cold for two right. days, like in winter when it like it gets cold because that's what happens. 
And so two days of being cold should not have that level of impact on this, right. on the city's infrastructure. And so, yes, I would agree with that assessment. Um, all right. And the winter's not over, by the way. It's probably going to get cold again, you know. Now, it was exceptionally cold, though. Like, we don't get to zero often, right? Wasn't it zero? Yeah, but it's not, yeah. It's not unprecedented. No. It's not like, you know, it, it happened last year. It'll probably happen next year. I mean, I, I don't, you know, you should be able to withstand two yes. days of, of hitting zero. Yeah, without without having to, yes, bring everything grinding to a halt. Um, all right. Um how would you say, what's the, give us, we haven't talked to you about this in a long time. What would you say your current sense of the state of the Grizzlies is? About the same as it was last time we talked. There was some bumps along the road in between, um, but they're in great shape. Um, they, they had a really bad few days. And I know there are some people say, well, you know, long NBA schedule and just another, you know, this happens. And I tend to say that mm-hmm. that was not the case. That was not what that was when, when they they talked big in the lead up to the Christmas Day game, they got smacked around by a Golden State team, missing probably its two best players, honestly, and Curry and, and Wiggins. And then they come home against a, a Suns team missing like its best player and half of its roster and get smacked around again. And Taylor Jenkins pulls the plug with seven and a half minutes to go. Like that was not just you know long NBA schedule, shots fall, shots don't, blah blah blah. That's not what that was. The players knew that's not what that was. Taylor Jenkins knows that's not what that was. They, they, they got humbled for a few days, but they pulled themselves out of it. They got themselves back on track, and, and they're humming again. And now the real issue for the Grizzlies, to me, the big question is Desmond Bain. And there are secondary questions, too, Zaire Williams and whatever, but it's really the Bain thing. I think, you know, are they going to have the good Desmond Bain or not? And if they are, then they're as good as anybody in the West and maybe the best team in the West, and if they don't, that it, you know, it's a more of a question, but they're right back where they were. I, I think it, when you when you, when you factor in both ceiling and floor of different teams, like Denver and Memphis are at the top of the West, and they should be at the top of the West. I think those are the two safest bets in the conference. I'm going to put Desmond Bain over here just for a second to come back to what you just said. That was not just a uh, a, a blip in the. What was it like? What were the constituent parts of that of the bad things that happened during that stretch? And and are any of them lingering concerns beyond the Bain thing. Um, no, 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 they're not lingering concerns, but, but it was a real thing that happened. It was a real moment in a season um, where they got humbled. I mean, they talked big and they didn't back it up and it, it, I think it rattled them for a few days. Um, I think when they came home against Phoenix, they weren't themselves. I mean, the, the usual, the usual sort of, you know, demeanor, the, however you want to put it, the swagger, the togetherness, the, the you know the 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 the, the spring in their step whatever right, right. they didn't they didn't have that self confidence in that game and 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 they, they all talked about it in different ways you know Tyus Jones you know it, it, Drew Hill had quotes from Tyus Jones saying you know we we lost our um our um, I don't know how he phrased it but he said you know we lost our identity for a little bit and and John Morant you know said you know we came out for a couple of games lazy and got punched in the face got punched first. So, like, it is like this does happen over the course of the season, but it's not just like, oh, one of these nights. It was they got a little bit of a comeuppance. They got humbled a little bit. And I think maybe that ultimately helps them in the long term. Um, if it has any lingering effects, it may be positive effects in that it sort of grounds, regrounds you. Um, but that's what happened. You know, right. the John Morant. Yeah, did you, you have know, issues before, before we saw what then unfolded on the court when Joss said what he said? 
um, which was he's not worried about any other team in the West. Did you think that was ill-advised? Uh, I, well, I, I thought who cares except that everybody cares, and that's the problem, right? <laughs> um, I, 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 it's not something that I would have made a big deal out of, right. but it's something I knew everyone would make a big deal out of, and right. so then, then it becomes a thing. And apparently I wasn't out there, you know, Drew was out there on the road, you know, for the Phoenix game before Christmas and the Christmas game. And he said that at some point, John Morant, you know, and press availabilities on the road just started from the, from the jump saying, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. Don't ask me about this anymore. And, and other players were bringing it up. Like Jaron brought it up unprompted, like, you know, and so I think that got to them that, you know, and, and when Josh said that and it became a public thing, the player, the other players were put in the position of having to like co-sign it. Right. Cause he's right. their guy. And that put them in uncomfortable spots. I, in one of the columns I wrote over the break, I, I don't think you've watched The Wire, but there's a scene in The Wire where something false happens and, and then violence ensues based on the falsehood. And one of the characters, Slim Charles, says, if it's a lie, we fight on that lie. And right. that's sort of what it was. Like, you know, it's not true that we have nothing to worry about in the West, but our dude said it, and so here we are. And, so and it's I think also, by the way, it is, it is in no way an accurate uh, capturing of reality that they have nothing to worry about in the West. Is it? I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's a, no, I mean, no, it's I mean, two days after he said that they had a losing record against the Western conference. Right. And so, but that was, that was just, and that was prompted. You know, the initial question was like, who are you most worried about? And he said, Boston, which like is the right answer. They were the best team in the league. And then like, he, you know, the, the interviewer coaxed him to say more and he sort of gave her a good quote. And then, you know, it could have just ended there. Who cares? But it, you know, people love, Right. People love the controversies around around what is said more than they love basketball, frankly. And so it became the thing. It's like the Charles Barkley like thing that became like a big deal for like a week, even though it didn't matter at all. Uh, all right, Desmond Bain. Um, that's the big question. Uh, what's the what's the uh, intelligence right now? What's the information that we have well, with I our mean, eyeballs? I mean, it's clear to me that he's playing through discomfort. I mean, the team won't say that. Um, even he wouldn't actually say it, but he basically confirmed it nonverbally um, at one point to Drew. It's, it's just it's just clear that he's not. This is not the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing where you have an injury and you do whatever treatment. In Jackson's case, it was surgery, but you do whatever treatment and then you take time off and you come back and now like the injury's healed and you're this year as good as new, right? That's not what this is. I think this is him playing through stuff, which is not uncommon. NBA players do this. Like, Demontis Sabonis is, like, you know, notably doing this right now. He's got some kind of injury. He's just going to play with it. And so I, it's pretty clear to me that Desmond Bain did not come back, like, the same shape physically as he was when the season started. He's just playing through whatever it is. Now, does he continue playing through whatever discomfort it is all season? Does that discomfort end up going away? Um, I don't know where it's headed, it could get better. It could get worse. I will say he's been good enough to help. It's not like him coming back has hurt the team. They've been better with him back. But he is not the same player as he was early in the season. Um, Clearly, you just look at the box scores and tell you that. Is that good enough to help is not good enough <laughs> I mean, for, for this team to win, to get to the finals, let's just say? Probably not. I mean, maybe, but probably not. I, I would say not good enough to get a, to win a title. You know, I, I think I think that's the higher bar here, given the difference in the conferences. 
But yeah, no, the, the best version of the Grizzlies needs the good Desmond Bain, not just like Desmond Bain. It needs the good Desmond Bain. But like, you know, relative to like, would you, him out there versus, you know, was Zaire Williams has been or David Roddy has been or like, you know, I think there's a real issue with their, with their wing depth. There's been an issue all season and Bain not being 100% like highlights that more. And I'm going to write about that at some point soon. That's not what I wrote about today. I have a column coming up today about the defense. Next up for me, I think is going to be writing about that. But it's a real issue for them. Um, they're so, they're, they're, their defense and John Morant is enough that they're a really good team, even with all these issues. But those issues are very much there. Well, and those issues are like we, we saw that as well. We saw some like John Conchar, Zaire Williams concerns, and then the Conchars has some good games in a row here. Like, is that, I mean, that's been all year, though, right? I mean, that's been a concern what, all year. What, what's Conchar going to be in the playoffs? Like, that's, that's the unknown. I mean, he got his first real taste of playoff basketball last season, and he did nothing. He did zero, like zero. That doesn't mean he's going to do zero again. But I don't think you can pound the table of confidence and say John, John Conchar is going to be a quality rotation player in a playoff series. So we don't know. It's never happened before. And we have a month till the trade deadline. Um, Correct. Yes. Do you think their approach to the – trade deadline hinges at all on what they see like in the next month or do we think it's just going to be on hinges on what's available obviously it hinges on the health of Danny Green to some extent yeah I mean you you got three health questions you have to sort of figure out what you think is going to happen with one is Desmond Bain one is Zaire Williams and one is Danny Green and so you have to game out to some degree what you think those three players separately are going to give you come spring um, and maybe that determines things. If you think they're all going to be 100%, and like even Green's going to be the player he was before he's he got injured, maybe you got no reason to do anything. Um, if you think Desmond Bain, you know, I, I, I'm I'm just if you think the Desmond Bain thing might go in a bad direction, then maybe you you decide well that puts a ceiling on us, and so why give up future assets for only short term gain? If right. that if that's if, you know more than likely you're somewhere in the middle, right? And you're and you're and you're you're weighing, and I think this is going to be an every year thing. As long as the Grizzlies are good, hopefully it's the next decade where we're having this problem. I think it could be a thing of okay, like how do we weigh our you know our puncher's chance this season versus the future value, and how much future value do, are we willing to give up to help us out a little bit right now to give us a little better chance in a playoff run, right? I mean, there's been this kind of stuff before. It's, it's like kind of never worked out, right? I mean, you know, you trade a future first for Ronnie Brewer and when you're trying to make a playoff run, and that, and, you, and you trade something for Jeff Green. And, like, like you know, this is what happens when Courtney you're a Lee. playoff team. Courtney Lee, was he also the Courtney a, Lee thing worked out fine, yeah. you know? <laughs> they, they gave up, like, four second-round picks for Courtney Lee, and that was, a good, that was a good deal. So sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. But this is the kind of thing that, like, contending teams, like, pretty much every year around trade deadline are kind of weighing. And it can be a you know a complicated conversation to have, but it's, I, I assume the Grizzlies are happy right now. It's a it's fascinating when it comes to Desmond Bain though, because that could cut either way. You could either say, "God, we don't think he's going to be enough, so we're going to have to bolster it," or you could say, "We don't think it's going to be our year, so we're not we're not going to be inclined right. to do something." Right? I I, per, I mean, my personal belief is that this probably shouldn't should not. If you're looking at just your team outside of all their contacts and figuring out like when, you know, a window start a window first opened last season. Like I think it was the real beginning of a window being open. But when's it going to be open the most? Like it shouldn't be this year. No. I'm mean, twenty three years old. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.